Zach Anderson, Boom, introduce baby. yourself. Boom, baby. I'm Zach, man. Um, I go way back with other Zach. Been friends forever. Stoked to be here, dude. I just want to talk. Let's do it. Um, Vivint, how did you, how'd you get into this job? Um, first off, I guess like leading into everything I'm going to talk about, I'm just super, super lucky. Like I, I think I have a few beliefs about luck, but I definitely think I'm lucky. Right. And I got into Vivint, um, way back. It was end of sophomore year, beginning of junior year of high school. Um, I was over at one of my friend's house, just chilling with his family. He was on his mission actually. Um, and one of his neighbors came over like randomly, never met the guy in my life. The guy's name's Casey Baugh. And he's like, hey, would you want a job? And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I'd want a job. I'm already working at Vans. I'm working in a KT tape warehouse. Like I'm doing whatever I can for money. I'm like, yeah, I'd want a job. So the dude lets me go and I start cleaning his cars and I start stocking his fridge. And kind of the weird part of the job is the guy was like, hey, I've got these books. I want you to read these books, right? Um, and I'm like, whatever, dude. I'm like, yeah, like I'll read them. He's like, I'll pay you a hundred bucks a book to read. He handed me, as a man thinketh, it's like 49 pages, right? <coughs> For most people, that's like a day read. It took me like two weeks to finish it. <laughs> um, but I kid you not, over over the course of junior, senior year of high school, I, I robbed that man of thousands of dollars reading books, going to his house, doing book reports, like changed the trajectory of my life, changed the way I looked at things big time, big time. Um, and, and again, that's kind of the root of everything. I took everything a lot more serious. I still had a lot of fun, dude. And I think I, I owe a lot of it to reading those books, but then Vivint came into the picture, come senior year of high school, I'm graduating. I go to him. He's become a, a huge mentor of mine, right? I go to him for advice on everything. I'm like, dude, I don't know what to do. Like I'm, I'm graduating high school. I'm, I'm enrolled in college. I don't know what I want to do in college. And he's like, uh, he's like, you should go sell. Right. And that was like, oh, okay, that sounds terrible. Why would I do that? And then I really started looking into it and, and end of senior year. And I'm like, holy crap, this is unreal. Like the opportunities, I've never seen something like that in my life. Right. Um, so I went and I met with a bunch of companies, met with a bunch of different managers, got as educated as I could. Um, and I landed in a really good spot. One of the best decisions I ever made is going with the leader I went with um, at the company I went with. Um, and I've been there ever since, man, I left right after Right after graduation, me and one of my best friends loaded up. My dad helped drive us out to Memphis, Tennessee. We just, it was shell shock getting to Memphis, Tennessee. Super, super new, super exciting. And it was like the, the best experience ever. <coughs> super hard, but it was a good experience. And that's, that's how it all started. Was that first year, I remember you, I remember you in high school walking around with a book in your hand and a notepad and just always taking down notes and kind of like this shift of Zach's going to hang out with you and have fun. And Zach's reading a book and he's going to be in the library studying. Dude, yeah. <laughs> so going out on that first year, was that the success that you wanted and saw those? So funny, two, two big failures in life right around that time. And you bring it back and I kind of think about it. The first big failure, I'm not like the most like studious person. I'm not a good reader. I'm not like that kid that, that aced everything. In fact, dude, I actually flunked out of one class, one class in high school I flunked out of that I had to do a packet for, and it was freaking financial literacy. And the entire reason I flunked out of it was because I, was, I had just finished reading. Casey kind of gave me books in, in sections as time went on. I just finished reading a bunch of books on finance and on what to do with your money from the most successful people in the world. And I had just finished prior to that reading a book about choosing your mentors wisely, right? 
Like you want to go learn from somebody who is happy how to be happy. Yeah. You want to go learn from somebody who is wealthy how to be wealthy, right? And you should have different role models for different things. And the r a really big misconception is that you go have a role model and that means you have to go embody everything that they do, right? So I'm sitting in this class and I'm not going to say his name, but this teacher's going off about something that I totally disagreed with, not because I'm smart, but because I just read it from somebody who's a, a multi, multi-billionaire, right? And we got into an argument in the class. It was wild. I'm not a confrontational person at all. He kicked me out of his class, said I was never welcome back. I did the packet in like a week. So that was like a big like failure. That was kind of embarrassing. I failed his class as well and got kicked out See? for calling him a dick. So See? I'm telling <laughs> you, man. He's not the person. No. It's okay. No, but the th like that was a big failure. That was embarrassing, right? Like failing, failing a class, that was kind of embarrassing. Um, but it was, it was cool. I think it was beneficial. Like I stood my ground and, and honestly, I'm super glad I didn't go take advice from someone who wasn't where I wanted to be. Yeah. The next big failure, dude, I got out to summer. I'm fired up. Like I, I was like, if you remember in high school, I'm, I've always been super friendly. I love people, but I hate confrontation. I hate being uncomfortable. I hate like putting people in an uncomfortable position and kind of what my job entailed at that point was literally everything that I hated. Um, and I actually ended up being the lowest producing rep in my region, total flop, like, like absolutely sucked my first year. Like there's no other way to dice it up. Like I was out there longer than most people and I was the lowest producing rep in the entire region. I got my face kicked in, but honestly, I mean, dude, to be super trans, I made 12 grand and I was literally bouncing off the wall. I thought I was rich rolling into UVU, dude. <laughs> I was rolling in freaking Sam Cooter, the Nissan Sentra. <laughs> I bought myself AirPods. I bought myself AirPods, so I'm walking around UVU with AirPods, and I felt rich, dude. It was like, it was it was crazy. I was super grateful. Like I had, again, even that much of the opportunity, being the lowest producer in that kind of opportunity, plugged in with the systems I was plugged into. Like I was so grateful. So it was a, a huge loss in that sense, but honestly, a huge win in my eyes. And I know that other kid well, and I can say this because he's successful in what he's doing right now. But he left halfway through yeah yeah I got left by all my buddies dude that summer was crazy like I all my buddies left like I love them to death like they're crushing it in life but they all left that wasn't their path I'm there with my other buddy Nate Hunter he was actually the one who kind of introduced me to this manager they had taken my betting when they left because they thought I was going to leave with them because I was out of town when they left I got back to Memphis <laughs> and they were gone and they took my betting so I didn't have betting I had a towel that I would literally only shower at in the morning so that it would be dry by night, so I could use it as a blanket. And me and Nate pushed our twin beds together. We just had a queen bed. It was it was so fun. Like it was it was a joke, dude. It was a joke. I got to the point in summer where all of my savings, because I've been I'd been really good at savings, were gone. I had sixteen. I sent my manager screenshots. I was like, dude, I can't go out to Buffalo Wild Wings tonight. Sorry, like I have sixteen dollars and forty cents, and I still have that screenshot. I have sixteen dollars and forty cents, and I sent it to him. It was. I mean, that, that summer was such a blessing, dude. The people I was around, like, I, I could shout out everybody I was around, but it was so freaking fun. So what decided to keep you, like, you were going to be a salesman and you are going to be a businessman and you are going to go out another year after 12 grand? Dude, straight up, I was, like, stoked to go out another year. I'm like, are you kidding me? Four months of work for 12 grand? I was stoked. That was more money than I had seen in my warehouse jobs, my retail jobs, like, anything. So I was stoked, but... That same mentor, that offseason, kind of, I think, a really pivotal pivotal moment. I, we call it breakthroughs, right? You have crossroads and breakthroughs. And a big breakthrough for me was I sat down with him, and he kind of like, it was the first time he'd ever expressed any type of disappointment. He's like, dude, you have the golden ticket. Like, don't go do that again if you're going to go drop the ball. And I was like, oh, right. 
So then, like, from then on was kind of a huge pivot. I started doing things nobody else in the industry does because I realized I was way behind. Like, some guys are blessed with this stuff. Some guys are really good at it, and some guys go and learn it. Um, I started doing a lot, a lot of extra. I started going and working locally when I wasn't supposed to. I actually got a phone call from my regional manager one day. He's like, hey, like, he's like, did you sell two today? And he's like, I thought you were in school. I'm like, I am. Like, I finished school. I went out. I drove down to Spanish Fork, like, and I, I did. And he's like, well, who's installing them? I'm like... <laughs> like, I don't know, dude. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't it's your even. Problem. I didn't even know. I didn't even think that far. It's my problem. <laughs> it's your, they, they didn't get installed. I never got paid on them. But the fact of like, I did that. Then I learned how to go get an installer. Like, I, I got all those things dialed, and I went and did just as many in the off season while I was in school taking 17 credits at UVU in Utah. I sold just as many accounts then as I had the whole prior summer. So that next year was leaps and bounds ahead of where I was. That kind of pivoted my mindset towards the job. It was, it was amazing. It was, yeah, big blessing. And then where do you become a manager with guys underneath you? Yeah. So then, I mean, dude, I, you shift to wanting to go and be like the best in the industry and the best in the industry manage and they build and they grow and they progress. Right. Like you can only go personally sell so many, right. You can only go and influence so many people when you're just a sales rep, but you can go and influence way more as a manager, way more as a regional manager, way more as a partner. Um, so I instantly started thinking about it. I started recruiting guys, right? And it wasn't the most impressive story that I was recruiting to. I'm like, hey, man, I went and made 12 grand, cruise with me. But I did. I brought a few guys out, right? Um, and that year was a big personal growth year. Like, I went and personally produced. I had a lot of help managing my guys because I had no experience. And then that next year, I got to the point where I went and built a team of 20, 23 people. It was my first year ever managing. We broke off completely alone, right? Like, literally 20, 23 rookies and me and my co-manager like against all odds. And it was, again, the biggest learning curve ever it was the most uncomfortable thing I could have done at the time for sure. Um, and that's when you kind of go and you, you earn the spot of manager when you go produce X amount of accounts. Um, and then it's been up from there, dude. We've been growing from there. I've been super lucky. And again, those guys I brought in, I'm still with a lot of them. Like they've kind of built every, like it's on them. It's not on me. Like they've gone and built the culture. Like they're, they're phenomenal. You did become successful to my eyes of like, you became successful after those couple of years and then built a team that all, I don't think they just happened to all be successful after being under you though. And like, um, was it like, what was that feeling of seeing this team is also now the number one team? Oh dude, there's no better feeling like some big shout outs, dude. Like my, I, I work with my little brother, like some of my best friends from high school, like my best, best friends from high school. And like, there is no better feeling than after summer being like, dude, you freaking did it and seeing them go and do it. And it is all on them because I can go and I can provide a really good culture and environment. But, dude, I've had really sharp people go yeah. and not figure it out because they just don't have the grit. Like they don't they don't care to figure it out. They don't. I mean, they're intrigued. They're not committed. Right. And these guys that are committed, go and figure it out. Like I've had guys go struggle for two full years and then it clicks. And now they go and they're 22 years old, making six figures, like crushing it in that aspect of life. And. More important than that, they're happy, man. They're doing exactly what they want to do. They're traveling. They have a ton of time. Like, that's super fulfilling for me, right? Being able to bring my little cousin in, being able to bring people from other industries that have had bad experiences and giving them a totally different experience. Like, that's my driving force way more than oh, I got to go be the best. Because before this started, you're talking like, dude, I see guys on your team passing you, right? Personal numbers. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, man, 100%, which is like a part of my pride is hurt. I you're all the go, best, man. I, I, I want to be, right? You but made like, other leaders. Yeah, Shame I, on you, man. I know, man. But like like shift focuses and kind of your why and your reason shifts, right? It's yeah. your, your focus shifts and everything shifts. So it's, yeah, that's, it's been different. It's been a blast though. 
bringing it back to that, they've figured out how to be successful in that field. Do you think that there's some sort of pattern of this is the algorithm of being successful or lucky and you're just right time, right place. You knew Casey. It happened. Some people might say like you knew the right guys and that's how it happened. But I know that you put in the time. Yeah. I, I, I owe everything to like luck. Right. Of course. Um, but you create your own luck. Like if I could express to you how many people Casey went and offered that to like to go read Casey, Casey's talked about it and he's had a few people, but he would go into like mutual settings. He would go into big group settings, sports teams, be like, Hey, I'll pay everyone a hundred bucks to read this book, give them books. No one would report. Right. And like, it was uncomfortable as hell to be like, Hey boss, like I've read a book. Like, let's go sit by the fire. <laughs> it's time for my hundred bucks. Yeah, let's go sit by the fire and talk about this book that you're clearly way more educated than I am. And then he would like pry to get information out of me. And I was shy. Like in that aspect, I was really shy. Yeah. Um, so yes, dude, absolutely fortunate. Like I, I don't shy away from that at all, but you create your own luck and everything. Like there's a reason why you're doing what you're doing and someone who wants to be doing it isn't. Right? Yeah. So I, I think it's the second you go in a line where you want to go with a solid game plan, things start happening for you and you'll notice it. And it's really, really, really cool. I know you've been, you said you've been doing it for five years. So knocking doors for five years. I want to hear uh, the craziest story that's oh, going dude. on out there. There's so many like on the doors is a crazy experience. Like you start to get to a point where you just don't get phased. Like you just don't, you get plenty of guns pulled on you, naked people answering the door attacked by a dog like everything you hear it happens especially out south man that's where i've spent all my time memphis mississippi little rock arkansas alabama right missouri like that's where i spend majority of my time when i'm knocking and you see the craziest (laughs) shit dude you see the craziest shit but even more crazy than that the stuff that sticks with you is like you go bond with these guys you're out there with and you hear their stories and you see them go and like make a shift and that's kind of the crazy stuff but i mean some crazy stories, just to give you a very, like a teaser, I was out in Colorado Springs, super normal area, super similar to where I grew up, really nice neighborhood, 4 p.m., daylight as hell, knock on the door, I hear people moving around, it's been like 15 seconds, door swings open, it's this massive human, like big, big dude, and I'm pretty tall, so like most people don't seem that big, he's big as hell, with a home defense shotgun, butt-ass naked, like butt-ass naked, and I'm like, I haven't been caught off guard in probably a year. I'm like, whoa. I literally said it. I like verbally. I'm like, whoa. And he's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> sorry for what? Don't say sorry. What's going on? I'm like, put your pants on, bro. Don't say sorry. Um, but anyways, I ended up being a cool dude. Shook his hand. I got out of there as quick as I could. Like, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to hang around. But like that, I mean, that kind of stuff happens all the time. So for me, seeing that, I would immediately be too scared to go knock on another door, go home, take my money, be done. What keeps you motivated to like, just keep going out <laughs> every day. It's serious. How, Believe it or not. What is the motivation those, behind that? Those experiences motivate you more. Cause it's like, Oh dude, something funny's going to happen. Not a total asshole. Like it's not going to be a total dick answering the door. It's just gonna be somebody with a shotgun that's naked. I can laugh about it. Like that stuff's not demotivating. There are, there is very demotivating things. And like yeah. the reason the job's so special is because it, it literally goes and scrapes all BS away and it exposes everybody, like everybody that comes out breaks down, everybody. And that's why it's so, so powerful because you get to go see how people build back, right? Um, but what keeps you going, like we call it your why, right? Like your why is your driving force. It's like, 
when all the BS goes away, like the money and the materialistic things and the things that can keep you excited for a little bit, like that goes away. Like you just said, you're like, if that's, if that happened to me, I'd take my money and go. Cause that's yeah. like the, the depth that people look at things. Yeah. But then you go and you get a little bit deeper. It's like, okay, dude, I know for a fact for my, for my family, my, I have a lot of little brothers. I have little cousins. I can go and show them how to copy and paste what I've copy and pasted. I didn't create it, right? I've, I've copy and pasted people. It's not me. But I can show someone how to do it, yeah. and that'll set them up for the rest of their life. Like, that's where I'm at, where that's my driving force. I won't lie. Like, starting out, big driving force was, dude, I got to go make six figures before I'm 19, right? I got to go make half a million before I'm 23. I got to go make a million before I'm 25. Like, that's what I thought was getting me stoked. And that where that that is gone as can be come mid June when it's a hundred degrees and you've had fifteen people slam the door in your face like you don't even care you do not care about making six yeah. figures at all right but you think about okay dude my little brother's gonna be here next summer like the harder I work right now the easier it's gonna be for him like that kind of stuff hey my best friend gets home from his mission he is terrified he did not grow up in a financial situation he wants to be in I can go and show him how to get out of that. Like that's, that's kind of where it's pivoted and inf honestly having, having influence, like my, my bucket list, things I actually care about is what keeps me going when the hard stuff happens. Right. And with that, did you reach those goals that you wanted to, wanted to get? Yeah, dude. So I, I've, I've been again, super lucky, super blessed. And like, I, I will do whatever I have to do. If I put something on paper, if I put my pen to paper and say, I'm going to go do something, I do it. Right. And I owe that big time to some other big, big role models in my life. Like they taught me really early on when I was sitting after that first summer, right after I had kind of that breakthrough moment, they said something that stuck with me and I actually wrote it in Sharpie on my bed frame. So when I would go to bed, I'd look at it and it's how you do something is how you do everything. And then right underneath that I wrote, you cannot beat someone who doesn't quit. Right. And yeah. like, I was like, okay, temporarily I got beat this first summer, but they're not going to beat me. Watch. Right. And then the next thing on top of that was literally how you do something is how you do everything, right? So if I say I'm going to go do something, I do it every single time. And I don't go put it down on paper unless I know I'm going to go do it. And I draw a very clear plan. I make sure I can do it. And, I mean, I've, again, I've, I'm super lucky, but I feel like I create my own luck in that sense, right? And, like, me looking at it, I'm like, Zach's done it. He's good. Like, he can be done. What are the next? <laughs> I know that's not really how it is, but what are the next goals yeah, for dude. you? Like, what is it? Vivint forever? Or? I mean, I mean, dude, I work on a lot of side projects. Vivint's a huge part of my life. It's it's literally like consuming. I love helping the guys. I love the company. I've been again so blessed, right? Anyone who's gone and stuck with a company as good as Vivint will never have anything bad to say about it. Um, it's not Vivint forever though, and I think everybody knows that, right? Yeah. Like, it's go and have as much impact and influence as I can possibly have. Go and be what Casey Ball was to me, or even 10% of that to one person, it makes it all worth it, right? Go be 50% of that to 100 people, and I'm on cloud nine, right? So that's that's the goal at Vivint and everything like that. Um, long term, though, I have a lot of other goals. And like, have I made it? No, like complacency is, complacency is so, so, so dangerous. And again, I've been lucky enough to have people tell me that super early, like don't go get complacent. So very, very top of my goal list is to always be getting better. Yeah. Right. Whether that's financially, whether that's my relationships, whether that's my family situation, whether that's traveling and doing things I love. Like I prioritize I prioritize fun very, very high. Like I prioritize fun as high as I prioritize my finances, as high as I prioritize everything like that's it's so key. I think it's super important. We're here to enjoy life, not endure it. 
it's right. easy to get caught up in the, I got to grind and grind and grind and grind. And I forget, forget you got to have fun too. It's oh, a dude, big, you, I big mean, part of it. And the craziest thing when you start having fun and you make it fun is when you go produce, like that is when you go and level up. Like the second you can go and enjoy the process of it, like, and you can, you can have a blast with it. You go and you dominate in everything you do. And everyone will look at you like, dude, Hey, why are you so happy? Like, why is this group of 22-year-olds in <laughs> negative nine-degree weather in Colorado stoked to be knocking on doors? Yeah. And B, how the hell are they producing? How, yeah. are they out, how are they out producing everybody? And, dude, the answer is simple. Like, we're rowdy. We have a blast. We make it fun. And you've built up that culture, and you told me that culture is important to you. What, what has that culture been like in, like, building that up and building oh, that environment? It's the funnest thing. Like, my, at my core, like, I, I, I love to go create. Like, that's, like, I wanted to start clothing companies through high school. I wanted to throw parties. Like, that, that's, like, what gets me stoked. That's what gets me out of bed. And going and being able to create that in an environment where I have the means to do it. I have people who are super like-minded. I'm surrounded by the best people all the time. It's been so fun, and I haven't created it. Like, I've, I've facilitated it, yeah. and then my guys have created it because the most important leader is the first follower. I can go be rowdy and fun and everything like that, and I just look like a weirdo in front of the office, or I can do it and then have four of my leaders buy in and do it with me, and then everybody, it's contagious, yeah. dude. So, yeah, culture is like, as far as going and producing and, and in a work sense, culture is number one. Like, culture trumps all. I've dumped a ton of money into creating a culture and a brand that people can buy into because I'm bought into it. Right. And I've dumped a ton of effort and time and energy into making sure guys are having the funnest summers of their lives with me, not some drudgery of having to work. It's really, really hard. We'll never shy away from that, but we have a blast dude. Like we leave in two weeks for summer and I couldn't be more stoked. Building that. I mean, you said you like clothing. <laughs> I love clothing. Like, the production in high school you used to record music with me just for fun and like uh just that like-mindedness of loving ideas and dreams uh this podcast mostly is just like people that have that same thought of i'm not going to be in this box like yeah i can't be in this box what would you recommend to other people of like how to make your dreams happen because i don't think like it's vivant and you got lucky and vivant like i think you carry that across in everything you're doing yeah, like, I think that's something that I, again, like, one thing I do think I was blessed with that I was good at out the gates is I recognize when people are doing, like, something aligned with what they care to do, yeah. right? Like, they're they're doing something they want to be doing, not because they have to be doing it, right? Um, and in recognizing that growing up, I saw a lot of really good examples, a lot of really bad examples, right? And I also realized the people who are aligned with what they want to be doing, like a creative in the creative space is happy, right? A creative in a box is unhappy. Yeah. Um, and dude, my overall goal in life, I just want to be happy, man. Like I, I don't, money's cool. Money can go and really help facilitate happiness and facilitate environments that can go and create happiness. It can give you more influence. It's just a magnifier. But like my end goal is to go be happy, right? So talking to somebody and speaking to somebody who it's like, hey, man, I want to do this, but I can't because I got this going on. It's like, no, like everybody has bills. Working a nine to five is not necessarily you not doing what you want to do. You got plenty of time, dude. You have just yeah. as much time in your day as Mark Zuckerberg. You have just as much time in your day as everybody at the Kanye West. How much shit does Kanye West do? No one even knows what he's doing because he does so much. 
right? You have just as much time in your day as he does, yeah. right? You have just as much time as your biggest role models and your biggest idols in the space that you want to go into. And I guarantee you, they didn't just go and have it handed to them. They were working a nine to five as well. So being in the box doesn't necessarily mean, necessarily mean, oh, if you're working a nine to five, you're in the box. No, yeah. being in the box to me is, you know what you want very clearly at, at your core, in your soul, you know what you want to be doing and you're not doing anything to work towards it, to progress towards it. If anything, you're stagnant or moving away from it. Yeah. That's the box, right? That is, that's what you want to avoid. And if you're a creative man and you want to go and do that stuff, like go find people who inspire you. And honestly, dude, like talking about me a lot, uh, I appreciate it and I love it, but it's like, no, I love seeing like your guys' studio and stuff. That gets me jazzed. I'm like, yeah, Zach's doing what he wants to be doing. And I said that when I came in, man, like how many people want to be doing this that just aren't doing it, right? And you're, I mean, you're still working, right? I work, I work six to two and then I leave at two and come here. Exactly. So you're, I mean, you're making it work and you're getting it done. And like, I guarantee you it's hard, yep. right? But you're choosing your hard and a really, really important lesson. Like a really, really, really cool thing that I learned is life is hard, period. Like not life is hard, question mark. Life is hard, period. Right. It is going to be hard no matter what you're doing. Choose your hard. It's really, really hard to be broke, Right. It's really, really hard to look in your bank account and say, damn, I can't go to B-dubs with all the boys or I can go and maybe they're leftovers. I did that all through high school, right? It's really, really hard to not, not be able to go put a full tank of gas in your car. I don't know who will relate to that, but like when you go to the gas station. I think everyone right now. And you give them, yeah, right now, true. <laughs> you give them 10 bucks. Like you don't go put your card in hell. No, like that could charge you 40 bucks. You only have 30. Yeah. You give them 10 bucks to go get a couple gallons to get you till the next $10, $10 you got. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, that's hard, right? And on the flip, it's hard to work a job and go set up a studio and go make time to do podcasts, wake up early, go to bed later, it's hard to go knock doors. It's hard to go and stick through that yeah. after you get your ass whooped. Like that's hard too. Choose your hard. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's what I'd say for people in the box. Like being in the box is pretty damn hard, honestly. And it's demotivating. It's deteriorating. It's literally like destroys you being outside of the box is hard too. It's just scary because it's more work. Well, at the end of the day, I'm happier that I'm doing <coughs> built this studio and doing what I love to do, even though I, don't have any money at the end of the day I'm, no, you, yeah, it's, that's not what it's about no, and no. I think that conversation has been like awesome to hear from you of like that doesn't matter like no. you're doing what you love and it happens to do that and I'm doing what I love and at the end of the day it's like we get to do what we love and be proud of it it's yeah, awesome exactly that would be my advice to anybody who feels like they're stuck in the box and also understanding you're always going to feel stuck in the box there's times where I'm like dang man like there's things that I would rather be doing at times, right? Like you're always going to have those feelings. I'm sure sometimes you're like, dang, man, I wish I had more money to go and literally swag the crap out of my, my, my studio, right? I wish. And I'm like, dang, dude, I wish I had a little bit more time in the summer to hang out with my friends. But it's all, it's all a give and take, right? Yeah. It's priorities. It's going and prioritizing things. So it's like understand you're never going to get there. You're never going to get where you're like, yeah, this is it. Like because the second you get there, there's something else that you want. And that's just – that's – human nature that's called progression that's always going to be there so embrace it and realize it's always going to change and then the most important thing is learn to enjoy the process of it like enjoy working your your day job and then coming to the studio enjoy that because the second you're full-time studio you're going to want something else 
And if you can't learn to enjoy every step that you're at along the way, it's always going to be like, oh, it's that, like that'll make you happy. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that would be my advice if, if anyone wanted any. I want it. (laughs) I want it. I had a question. I was wondering if you said like you get to a point in life when like, like you kind of like, I feel like everyone has that in their mind where they're like, this is it. Like, if I get to this point, I'm going to be done. And like, I don't need any more. Did you ever get to that point where you're like, like, um, like, did you have a point in your mind where you're like, if I get to this point, I'll never have to do anything again. And have you reached that point and realized like, oh, that's not true at all. Yeah. So, so to, do you want me to reiterate your question or just answer it? It's on. Okay, cool. So literally, yeah, literally, uh, it's a that's such a good question. And to be honest, man, all the advice I'm giving is a things that I didn't come up with. I've just heard and b advice that I need. Right. Like I just reiterate stuff I struggle with because I'm like, oh, I know the answer. But like saying is a lot easier than doing. Yeah. Right. Um, but to answer your question. Right. Like, have I ever had that point where I'm like, oh, that's it. That's the end goal. Right. Like that's once I get there, I'm good. Yes, dude. Absolutely. When I was, when I was writing down my goals, one thing I did is like, I would send my goals to Casey. I had make six figures by 25. Like that was a big goal to me. Right. And I was like, Oh dude, if I can do that by 25, I'll make it. And he literally shot a text back like 25. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, what? I'm like, what? So then he had me go and like inspired me to go change my goal. I changed it to 19. Cause that was that next year. Right. That was that year, 19, six figures. I'm like, dude, if I make six figures as a 19 year old, I'm chilling like I'm good you know like I'm I'm cooling right and like that was my mindset going into it of course right and then as things progress and as you see it and it's like oh no dude like that doesn't go as far as you think like it goes and it's like okay next goal right like okay quarter million by this time like just money money's a really easy but that happens with every walk of life like once I have a house I'll be happy right like nah man like that's not how it works once you have a house you're gonna want a second house or once you have a house you're gonna want a bigger house or once you have a house you're gonna want a house with a hot tub or right. a sauna. Or a sauna. Yeah, you're going to want a freaking sauna because the people at Vasa are weird. Um, but no, but so that's one part of your question, right? Do I set things and think they're going to be the end and then they're not? Absolutely. Almost every time I set a goal, actually, right? When I set a goal that scares me enough, I'm like, that'll be it, dude. Like, I can retire, right? And then I get there and you don't want to retire, man. Like, that's like, you don't want it. You want to go do the next big thing. But then there's another sense of complacency where it's real-time complacency. It's like you get something you didn't think it was going to demotivate you. And then it's like, holy crap, like, oh, like I, I did it. Right. And that's a trap. Right. And I think anybody who's gone and progressed has, has fallen into that trap a little bit where it's like you get there and then you take your foot off the gas and then you realize either a week, two weeks, a month, whatever your duration is, you realize, dang, I took my foot off the gas and everyone started passing me. And then you click back in. Right. And you realize I'm not there. Like, I don't have the right to take my foot off the gas yet. Um, And that's a constant struggle, man. That's a that that will always be a struggle. I think like that's one of the scariest things to me is complacency. Um, And that's why I put a lot of time into making sure I have that next next thing to go for in all aspects, like not even just money. Like I have far out money goals. And in between that money goal, I have relationship goals, travel goals, friendship goals, side project ideas that I'm working on like things that I go dump my energy into, culture goals for my team, earnings goals for my guys. Like I literally go and set goals. I want this kid to make this much money before he even knows he wants to make that much money, right? Like that's that kind of stuff is is what keeps you out of that trap. That was a, that's a really good question. To follow up, what was like 
you talked about like some of those side <laughs> projects out of those out of all those side projects kind of like what's like your like mm-hmm. biggest one that you're working on right now like what's your yeah, favorite c- one? currently currently yeah. um so to give you an idea man like i i value my friendships my relationships more than anything i have friends from high school where our whole dream in life is to go have a clothing company together we have 15 brand kits we have we have fully designed we picked out materials for 15 different companies that we'd go and start um and it's just fun man like that's enjoyable it doesn't go get to the point until we really lock down exactly what we wanted to be it doesn't get to the point where we want to push it forward because we don't need the money out of it it's not going to consume our lives but it will be a project one day right as far as currently um and this is just going to be i'm going to get just roasted for this um (laughs) As far as the current project that's the most consuming right now outside of like my career and my work and, yeah. and just having fun, um, I got fully consumed in the NFT space midsummer, like fully consumed. I am not smart. I saw. Did, don't you have like some crypto punks and stuff like that? No, no, no crypto punks, okay. no apes. I've got okay. a couple doodles that are doing really well. Hey, those are super good. Uh, those yeah, are awesome. I, I snagged a couple doodles really early on. And just prefacing this before I even start this conversation. I am so ignorant in this space. I'm so new in this space, and I am not smart at all, right? At all, at all. That being said, like, I got fascinated with the idea of, dude, people are buying these tokens to buy into a community based off of the art. If they like the art, they buy into the community, they get certain perks. Like, that was the way that I saw it, right? And the upside is insanity for some projects if the projects are the right projects. Like, you're talking about CryptoPunks and Apes. That's a $350,000 picture of a monkey, right? which is insane. There's more to it, but that's in essence what it is. So I got consumed by it. Like first, my first reaction was I'm going to go buy the shit out of a lot of projects. I lost a lot of money. <laughs> I made a lot of money. Like I made some really good buys that have covered my ass all the way. Yeah. Right. Which is lucky. Um, but I learned a ton because that's how I learn. I learned from getting absolutely rocked. Um, and then past that, I'm like, dude, I could like, I'm lucky enough to have a network that I have. I could go create the sickest project, the sickest idea with the sickest people. So I got with a couple of my buddies that I've always wanted to go and start something with. Mm-hmm. We put our heads together. They shared that. They're smarter than I am. They've been involved in this space longer than I have. They know more than I do. I'm just like, a, like, dude, if we can be a part of it, let's be a part of it, right? Yeah. So we've been working on that. We did a raise. We've started. Yeah, we've we've started we're getting pretty dang close to launching actually. Um, and it's been super consuming. I'm on the phone with some really, really cool people out of country in Miami, in LA. We're traveling to meet with people and we've got some really, really cool ideas kind of in the works. This is super preface. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying something, but (laughs) we can cut all, um, we can cut whatever. (laughs) No, we don't have to cut it. I haven't said anything for a while. So so I don't have a lot. (laughs) We'll go, we'll go, we'll market the crap out of it. Once it, once it launches, I'll have you post on your Instagram. We'll give you guys a couple, but, um, It'll be. It's, we'll hold you to that. And that's yeah, recorded. We, I'm holding you to that's that. It's recorded, bro. I will absolutely. Um, my team might kill me, but I think I have a few of them I can give away. I'm loving NFTs. I like. I think the space is so much fun right now, and like, there is like kind of like a lot of like toxicity in it. Like sometimes with some of the projects, like they get rug pulled and like just, it's just money grabs, kind of sketchy. And yeah, it's you. But gotta, like some of them, like those doodles, like those are sweet. There's like some seals where you can like stake them and earn a bunch of money off of them. It's it's just fun. I mean, there's so many projects, but it's just the younger generation going through their own era, like going through their own. I mean, I have a lot of speculation again, I'm going to get blasted. I'm going to get roasted for even talking about it. I don't really care. Um, It 100% is not going away. Totally. The amount of money being spent on this stuff, like the, uh, the amount of upside for holders, for project creators, for, 
people that are looking at it yeah. as an investment is insane. Totally. Is there any way to predict what ones are going to go be worth a lot or no? I mean, there's guidelines you can use, but you can't predict anything. And honestly, yeah. we've never seen the market go and crash and tank, get a crash and tank, but totally. so can stocks. Yeah, uh, so can exactly. Everything. So, I mean, yeah, that's the side project right now. It's all time consuming is our own project. We're going to go release releases in the next month to two months, nice. 10,000 pieces. It'll be really, really cool. I'm a, That's I'm, sick. Super excited! I'll about. buy. I'll buy one. You don't have to give me one. No, I'll I'm buy giving one. you one, and then you can, you're more than <laughs> welcome to buy one. Awesome. But I'll give you one. Cool. I well, I'm. I'm. My, those are all my. Yeah, questions, Jack. Could so. you get off the freaking <laughs> mic? Like Jack, I'll leave. Bro. I'll leave. This is Jack, our producer on this podcast, just asking good. some questions. He looks great. You wouldn't believe it, but he, he does. didn't get a liquid death day. Oh! Shout out to the sponsor, Liquid Death. That one. Jeez. You got to put this in just as the main, the very beginning. Just today's the day. Just right Today's the day. Today's the day. All right. Well, just wrapping up. Is there anything else you want to, you want to talk about? No, man. I mean, just, I'm grateful to be here. I love this stuff. This stuff, again, this is the stuff that I, I don't mind waking up early for and I enjoy a lot. So I hope anything I've said can somewhat pivot the way someone looks at something like perspective is the most important thing. And if I can go change someone's perspective a little bit, I'm happy. Right. And then I also want everyone to realize I'm not, I'm not smart. I'm not special. Like I'm literally very lucky to know who I know, but I also take advantage when I see opportunities. If I see somebody I can learn something from, I go pick their brain. Right. If I see somebody that that's doing something I want to do, I go watch how they do it. And I copy and paste. Life is a copy and paste game. You're not going to go reinvent the wheel on anything, but you can absolutely go copy and paste what other people have done. So I would say if you're in the box, get out of the box. Yeah. Uh, that's the biggest thing. And just do what you want to do, man. And also, I guess, like, my biggest thing, and you mentioned Meraki a little bit, but just to kind of touch on it, give it a little plug, like, Meraki is the brand I've created within my, my org and kind of the brand I'm going to carry throughout everything I do. It's not just a sales team. It's honestly, like, I live by it. It's yeah. to go put a piece of yourself, your soul, your love, your creativity into everything that you do, whether that's a conversation with the lady at the gas station, whether that's a podcast you get asked to come be on, whether that's your job, whether that's your nine to five, go leave a piece of yourself everywhere. That's how you go leave a lasting impact, right? Yeah. So I'd say go and kind of embody that a little bit. Um, and that would be it, man. Like I've, I, I'm, I love to be here. It's been fun. I'm always happy to do it. Zach, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Always being a good friend and thank you advice guys, that's gonna help me and for sure other people that want to have that happiness in their life and live that life of doing what they want. And again, just thank you for coming on. No, thank you guys. This is super special. I appreciate it. Of course.